This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Rotimi Uluagbohun. Remain blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Thank you for your light. Thank you for your light. Thank you for your light. Thank you for understanding you bring to us. Thank you for wisdom you open up to us. Imole deo o kon kon parada Imole deo has come let darkness disappear the light has come let darkness disappear the verse of that song says where's darkness at the sight of light evaporating at the gleams of light Where's darkness on the side of light? Ever more in another glimpse of light. You're the light. You're the light that makes my face shine bright. And as I look your face, and as I look your face, I become the light. of life, we ask that you open your word to us this morning and grant us the illumination that comes by your spirit. We ask that our hearts are open to receive your word. We ask that each and every one of us are met at the point of our needs. Holy Spirit, we ask to take control of this time. Teach us according to what is in the heart of the Father. Help us to receive and do well with what you have given to us. All glory be unto your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. 
We are welcome to another Sunday meeting, and um, we'll be continuing from where we stopped last week. Of course, more, more, not exactly the same topic, but we'll be looking at the word light also. And in this, in this topic, or sorry, in this message, we'll be looking at Jesus, the light of the world. Praise the Lord. Jesus who? The light of the world. Last week we looked at the power of light. Of course, we have been looking at the faith series, understanding faith and all of that. And we said so many things about what light is all about, right? Um, for those who were not here last week, I would um, I'd advise you go through or get the or go online to our YouTube channel uh, and then watch the video because we won't be able to go through what we did last week. But however, I know we talked about a few things relating faith to light. And we said faith walks in the light. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, faith walks in the light. Faith walks in the light. Why we say that is this. Faith we say, is the substance of things hoped for, right? And the evidence of things not seen. In other words, there's a basis for your faith. There is something your faith depends upon. To say you have faith for this or faith for that. It's a, there is a knowledge. There is a knowing. There is an information that you have that has made you come to a conclusion that this particular thing, even though I don't see it, I know it will come. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And we said that faith walking in the light or walk, uh, walks being uh, a substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen walks in the light because light itself, all right, or light is God. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 7, especially verse 5, says God is what? Light. God is what? Light. And we said, since God is light, and God is the one who we are having our faith upon, then our faith must walk in the path of light. Because light brings knowledge, light brings understanding. Light, I mean, we gave an example. If this room were to be dark, and of course right now you see everybody, you see the chairs, you see where everything is, so it is easier for you to maybe move around when we switch off the light. And everywhere is pitch dark. You can still try to say, okay, I know the chairs were this way. Uh, there was an alley or an aisle. I can find my way to that aisle and walk to the back. I'll find my way to the door. But let's say you were blindfolded. Come in here. All right? You were blindfolded with the clothes. Come in here. And the lights were switched off. And the blindfold was removed. And they say, walk around. Or walk to the front. Or walk to the back. Obviously, you can't. Because, and even if you attempt... You are, as Yoruba we say, agidi okon. Eh? You want to show agidi that you know you can do it. You will start bumping your legs on things. You get injured. Because you don't have an understanding of the all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we are, we are looking at light personified. Amen? We are looking at what? Light personified. Because we said God is light. Praise the Lord. And Jesus himself said, I am what? The light of the world. Praise the Lord. 
Apostle John, in John chapter 1, from verse 1 down, talked about the word being Christ, being at the beginning of time. And he was God, and he was with God. Praise the Lord. Verse 4 says, he is the light of men, right? Oh, sorry, he is the light of life, and that life that gives light to men. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So if, today we want to look at Jesus himself as the light of the world. Because an understanding of how he walked while he was here on earth in physical flesh and blood, right, will give us some help and understanding of how we also should be walking on earth in the faith that we proclaim that we have in him. Praise the Lord. Let's open to the book of um, John chapter 8 verse 12. Quickly, John chapter 8 verse 12. We'll be reading quite a number of scriptures. Um, media team, please gear up. We are running together. John chapter 8 verse 12. The Bible says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have what? The light of life. Now, what darkness is he talking about here? Is he talking about when we switch off the lights, natural light, and then everywhere is dark, and you are walking in darkness? No. No. He's talking about spiritual darkness. Somebody say spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness. Now, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Meaning, he coming into the world, he brings light into it. There has not been any light of the world that has come before him. Praise the Lord. That understanding is made clear as he has established this in this verse of the scripture and also in John chapter 9, I believe verse 5 as well. He said, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Meaning, once you say you claim to be a child of God, you are a believer, you walk with the Lord Jesus, you can never walk in darkness. Um, I, I hope the Holy Spirit will help you to, to understand this. Because the truth is, once you get this story, once you get this truth, rather, everything falls into place. Things that you will think that, ah, this is chaos, this is terrible, this is... You know of a truth. You start talking to yourself that I cannot walk in darkness. Turn to your neighbor and say, I cannot walk in darkness. Tap your neighbor and say, I cannot walk in darkness. You are not tapping your neighbor. Tap your neighbor, I said. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. And we have said we are following him, right? We are followers of Jesus. Can I see how many followers of Jesus are here? So if he is the light of the world and we are following him, then he says we cannot walk in darkness if we are following him. Because why? He is, or we have the light of life. He is the light of life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, let us run. Um, you can write this down as one of the scriptures we'll be considering later on. First John 1, 5 to 7. We already have it uh, written out last week, but then you can write it again. And then John chapter 1, 5 to 7. 
John chapter 1, 5 to 7. Amen? I'll read that briefly. The light shines. Media, can you help us project for those who need that? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. John chapter 1, verse 5. Verse 6, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. Number 8, or verse 8, John himself was not the light. John recalled to us, or mentioned to us, men and brethren, I am not the light. It was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Amen. Amen. So, for John, he had an assignment to tell about the light, to show who the light really is. And I'm sure before then, a lot of people must have come, oh, I'm the Messiah, I'm this, I'm that. But the truth is, even, I mean, how many of us remember, um, I know, many, many, many years ago, is it Jesus of Ibadan or something? Huh? Yeah. For those of you that are that old, praise the Lord. You will remember all you have knowledge of things happening in the southwest. There were several people that came up, I mean, not just in Nigeria, but outside Nigeria, talking about themselves being the saviors or some form of Messiah and all of that. And Jesus himself said it. He said, after me, several will come and say, I am the Messiah. I've come again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He is the true light. Jesus is the true light. And Apostle John mentioned it to us so that we can come into understanding that indeed the one who is the true light uh, is the one bearing witness to show to us that this is the one we are talking about. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, so and, uh, a brief discussion came up. Jesus declaring that he is the light of the world establishes his, pre- his presence. Now, um, if somebody says, I am, what is he saying? Is. Praise the Lord. Is. If he says, I am, he's saying he is. And he is what? He is there. He is, he is tangible. Praise the Lord. So when we say light is tangible, we are saying Jesus is tangible. Amen? Amen? And when you say something is tangible, for example, this fan is tangible. Why? We can all see it. I can touch it. Maybe you cannot right now, but I can touch it. It is present. It is there. Jesus is present. He is real. Amen? So the meaning of that is, for what it's worth, when he says, I am the light of the world, and it establishes presence as the son of God, because why? His father is the light of, uh, sorry, is the father of lights. So he is revealing his father, saying, I am the light of the world, and my father is the father of lights. Remember, Bible tells us that God 
or rather our Father, their God, is the light, sorry, is the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. He doesn't do this and then bend to suit our own standards. No. His light is clear. His light is pure. His light is holy. His light is straightforward. His light is bright. There is no sin or spot in his light. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alright, so we'll go deeper in this understanding, but then um, we have established before that the world lies in darkness and our Lord Jesus came as a light to give light to the world or to give light to men. That's John 1.4. John 1.4. Please, let's go back to John 1.4. In the New King James Version. John 1.4. Media. All right. In him was life, and the life was what? The light of men. Now, um, still looking at that chapter, Apostle John, in verse 14 of that chapter, wrote to us that the word, that is Jesus, the word, became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Meaning, you know, we have established that he is the light, and the light is a physical person. When I say a physical person, that is while he was walking on the the face of the earth, he said, I am the light of the world. Meaning, I have come as the light. Hence, I am a physical, tangible person that you can touch and hold. Amen? I am present. Amen? And so, John was saying here that indeed, he is flesh and blood. And he came to dwell among us. uh, Let's go to verse 14. Media, I would really like you to join me in this message. Thank you. So the world became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. All right? So in the New Kingdom Version, it says, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Praise the Lord. Full of grace and what? Truth. Now, the Greek word for, or the Greek meaning rather, for the word dwelt, means tabernacle. Tabernacle, is that a familiar word? Is that a familiar word? Okay, I believe we know that word from the Old Testament, right? You know the tabernacle of Moses, right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And what does that word represent? If you reflect on that word tabernacle, what does it represent to you? What do you think Moses had to do with that word? When we say the tabernacle of Moses, what does it mean? Now, it's an... Or sorry, rather, a description of God's presence within the camp of the Israelites. That's why when we say tabernacle, we've given it some form of English connotation, tabernacling. Huh? So you add ing to it. So if you are dwelling, you are tabernacling. Praise the Lord. So God was tabernacling with the Israelites. He was dwelling amongst them. Just like Jesus came many years after to dwell among us. 
So that word dwell, being used conversely for tabernacle, was a, like a mirror image of what happened in the wilderness. That God really, really wanted to live among his people. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go on further. I said the Greek word for dwell or dwelled is tabernacle, which describes how God pitched his tent. You know, there were tents people moving in the wilderness. They didn't build a house of bricks and stones and cement and so on. They had to build tents to live in temporarily because they were moving. They were going where? To the promised land. But while being on the journey, which is instructive, while being on the journey of life, God still intends to be with you all the way. Say amen. God intends to do what? Be with us all the way. So he had started that description or a, a, a display of the intent of his heart, even from the Israelites, the first nation or the first family that he, he, he put together, so to speak. When I say first family that he put together, I'm not talking about Adam, but then their lineage is from Adam. As a result of the covenant he had with Abraham and continued on with Isaac and then Jacob. Remember, the children of Israel were in Egypt for 430 years. And they were slaves at some point for many years until deliverance came through Moses. The Lord sent Moses to them. But leaving Moses, sorry, leaving Egypt, some things happened. Amen? Some things did what? Happened. Let's go on. We'll look at, um, more deeply on this uh, very shortly. But let's go to verse 16 of that chapter, John chapter 1. Remember, we are still on John chapter 1. We've said in verse 14 that he is the word that came to dwell or became flesh and he dwells amongst us. Verse 16 says, and of his what? Fullness. We have all received what? Grace for grace. And of his what? Fullness. We have all received grace for grace. Can you give me Colossians chapter 2 verse 9? Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. So what we are saying here is that we have come to know him as the fullness of God. So though he came in human flesh, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2 verse 9 says that, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So when you see him, he's not just man. He's both God and man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now follow me. Just follow me. Now, verse 16. Go back to John 1 verse 16. Where he says, uh, of his fullness, he has uh, given us grace for grace. That is, as a result of his fullness, we are recipients of grace. Now, the grace we are talking about here is not um, just a, an impersonal favor. When I say impersonal favor, just, God just has favor on you. You know, when we talk about uh, grace, what, what is the ready description of grace? Unmerited favor, right? That's what generally everybody would say. Grace is 
or merited favor. But there are some other things added to it when we talk about grace from Christ being the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We are talking about all of his power and all of his provisions together as Christ, the fullness of Godhead bodily being given to us as grace. Praise the Lord. So when we say, I have Christ, he dwells within me. Then what you are saying is the fullness of God bodily is inside of you. Hallelujah. So certain things, you know, I was saying earlier that if you say you are following Christ, then you can't say you are walking in all darkness. Spiritual darkness cannot be your lot. That is, you are in the dark. You know, people give, um, people know how to speak English. I'm in the dark about this. Praise the Lord. Or have you said that before? I'm in the dark about this. What they are just saying is, I don't know what this is all about. They are speaking grammar. I'm in the dark about this. Praise the Lord. Yes. So, when we say that we are following Christ, then we cannot be in darkness spiritually. The knowing of what is going on must constantly be our state. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We must never come to a point where we are lost in the spiritual atmosphere. Amen. Amen. Alright, so let's move on. So, when we talk about uh, the fullness of Christ and that we are recipients of that grace in both provision and power. That is all of God's provision and all of God's power in one. We are saying that we have come to a place where Christ being with us or in us and then the Holy Spirit also dwelling inside of us. We are Carrying God, we are carrying His grace, we are carrying His light, we are carrying His power, we are carrying His provisions everywhere. This was how Jesus lived. Can I ask you a question? Did Jesus have a house to His name? Hello? Did Jesus have a house to His name? For example, He had an address. Number 7, Koshofer Street. Suriliri, Lagos. Was that his address? No, he did, never had such an address. But he had provisions everywhere he went. Whatever he needed, he was not lacking. Praise the Lord. Did he have a bank account to his name? Well, I don't know if they had bank. They never had bank accounts then. But then they had sacks of uh, money, shekels, and uh, silverwares, and all of that. But he could tell Peter... Peter, we need to pay tax. These people are telling us to pay tax. Go and fish. The first fish you catch, open the mouth and bring the, I'm sure it's a gold coin. Hallelujah. The cattle on the thousand eels belongs to him. You know, each time I meditate on the life of Jesus, how he walked the face of the earth, he tingles me and says, guy, 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 where are you today? What, what are you doing? Why are we living the way we are living? When the king of glory made a statement 
and the elements, including the fishes, they are aligned. Now you go go carry that coin, give them. Oh yeah. The fish aligned. And immediately Peter dropped the hook, or was it the net? That fish just jumped into it. Praise the Lord. What happened? The fish what? Obeyed. Or else. Praise the Lord. The fish jumped into the net. I don't know where the fish got the coin from. Maybe he just saw the coin on the floor, swallowed it, and said, okay, I'm bringing it to. Praise the Lord. God, in his greatness and power, and out of his abundance, can bring provisions from you anywhere. Anywhere. Yes, we are also not taught to be like a desical or lazy. Hence, we have to be good stewards of what he gives to us. In other words, you have to walk. Praise the Lord. You have to do what? Walk. We'll be going to the Old Testament now, briefly, before the end of this first service, and then we'll continue in the second service. We want to see what that word, tabernacle, what that, uh, uh, when we say God dwelt amongst his people, when we say he built, or he had a tent within his people, what it meant. That is, God dwelling among his people in the wilderness, what it actually meant. Let's open to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33 verse 14. Exodus 33 verse 14. Number one thing that you will know or note that the word tabernacle or dwelling of God amongst his people meant was a display or manifestation of his presence. Praise the Lord. Amen. Manifestation of what? His presence. We do not have time to really dig deep into this, but for the sake of what we need to establish, that is why we are looking at this briefly. The presence of God was very, very important for Moses. Why? He was the one that had the encounter at the burning bush, right? The children of Israel were not there. All the discussions with respect to, oh, what do you have in your hand? A rod. Throw it on the floor. The thing became snake. Grab it by the tail. It became a rod back. All, was, all of that was Moses. The children of Israel did not have any, I mean, part to play in that. All the, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And then uh, 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 Moses went several times, several times, several times, did all the displays, obeyed the Lord in the instructions, as we will see earlier, later, Moses began to learn of God. He began to know God. But here, you will see a question or a, a statement he made. Exodus 33, 14. And he said, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This was God replying Moses. Let's go back to uh, verses above that. Let me just quickly find out or get you the verse specifically. Exodus 33, verse 12. Yes. Thank you, media. We are moving. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me. In some other translation, he said, You've been saying to me. Meaning, he has been hearing it. 
bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. I don't know, Moses had a knack to have join, join people, you know, when he wanted to go to Pharaoh, he said, I can't go alone. He said, okay, your brother Aaron will go with you, will speak on your behalf. Here again, he's saying, God, you have said I'm taking this. Who will go with me? <laughs> but you have Aaron. Now, Moses was not talking about a physical presence of a person. He, at this point, he had known God to an extent. So he wanted some manifestation of God. I remember, I think that was in, um, let's see, chapter 13. When the Egyptians were chasing the Israelites, what happened? At the Red Sea, the Bible says there was a, God became the pillar of cloud for them by day and a pillar of fire for light by night. He specifically mentioned for light by night. Why? Because he, we hear, okay, we've read that the, the wilderness experience of the Israelites were a foreshadow or an example to us of how we are to walk in the ways of the Lord or walk with God in the spiritual life that he has called us to live. Right? When Jesus died, and after he resurrected, going forward, our relationship with God is like, I mean, looking back at the Israelites, how did they live with Christ, uh, with, uh, with God? How did Moses lead them and all of that? We were like, to learn from that to walk with God. Praise the Lord. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night were God's visible presence for the children of Israel. Amen? Amen? And at any point in time, whatever direction those pillars went to, the children of Israel will follow. So we can say invariably that of a truth, God was indeed their guide. Remember, last week we looked at Psalm 119 verse 105, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, we are led by the word of God. We are led by God himself. We are led by the light that he shines on the path that he wants us to follow. Remember, there are many paths. There's a road that is wonderful. But the end is destruction, right? Narrow is the path hmm, that leads to life. Only a few find it. But why is the, I mean, that path, that's, that road that everybody, I want to say a word now, let me not say it. Okay, well, it's not literally meaning that, but then, now, why is the road that everybody jackpot into? Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying Joe's jackpot. Uh-huh. Just a word of caution. Praise the Lord. But the truth is this. When we say that for Moses, he needed God to tell him before he came to a, a place of rest that indeed I am safe. He wanted to hear, I am going, my presence will go with you. Why? Because before that period of time, 
The Israelites had sinned against God. I mean, they, uh, Aaron had built the cow for them. They've I mean, messed things up. And God was telling Moses, let me kill these people. Let me just waste them here. I can build another nation from you. Say, ah, no. Moses, I mean, that's why they say Moses is a very humble man. For some of us, say, hey, yes, so you'll be bearing my name, Abby. Ah, the nation of Moses. All right, let's go. He said, no. How would you uphold your covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He reminded God of what God had told him as per the people of Israel. And why he sent him to deliver them or lead the deliverance from Egypt. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And it was instructive for me also while preparing for this message to learn that that word rest. Let's go back to it. That word rest in Exodus 33, 14. Actually, in the Hebrew word, meant light. Meant what? Light. So when we say that you are coming into rest, and I'm saying this, you are coming into light in the name of Jesus. We are coming into rest in the name of Jesus. Rest meant light in that particular verse. That is, God was saying that, uh, sorry, go back to that verse 14 of chapter 33. Quickly, please. So I can capture it properly. Thank you. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you. So if we substitute the word rest for light, you can say, and I will give you light. Because that is who he is. That is what he gives. God is what? Light. God is the father of light. Last week we talked about several connotations of the word light in the Bible. We will still see some other ones in the New Testament. But here he's letting us know again that he gives light. Remember we read it in John chapter 1 verse 4. That his life and his life is the light of men. That is, he gives them that to be able to see Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it describes a state of being secure. That is, that word rest. And in this particular translation of the Greek word being light, describes the word being dwelling peacefully. That is, you are in a place of rest. You are in a place of peace. Amen? You are in a place where you are settled down. I don't know how many of people are looking at being settled down. The Lord will settle you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That word was also used, that is the Greek, sorry, the Hebrew word for rest was also used to describe how the Spirit of God was to come upon the Messiah in the prophetic statement of Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2. Amen. Amen. We can keep that for, for time's sake. Um, so, number two, we've talked about the pillar of cloud. We've talked about the pillar of uh, fire by night. 
Exodus 13, 21 to 22. The light also, or the word tabernacle, also meant instructions to Moses and Israel for deliverance, persever- uh, sorry, preservation, and salvation. For deliverance, preservation, and salvation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We also talked about it being, uh, it meant provision of their needs. Amen? When it says, I am dwelling among my people, it meant provision for Now, God cannot be in a place and there is lack. It's not possible. It's not just him. It's not just him. It's not him. God cannot, you cannot say God is with you and then you are experiencing lack. You are experiencing koto. What is koto? That this is not enough. Uh-uh. We have heard the story of Archbishop Benson when he was building their church auditorium and when sand, these people making the sand cement and all of that came to him, ah, sir, there is no sand. He said, how can sand be finished? How? And lo and behold, sand started multiplying. Lo and behold. Those that know their God, they shall be what? Strong. And they shall do exploits. Praise the Lord. We'll be closing now. We just need to come into a place where we understand who we are. Because all of this is driving at that point. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Right? Matthew chapter 5, from verse 13 to 16. He talked about you being light. He talked about us being salt. There are certain characteristics of God being light that when we say or understand that we are the light of the world, we must also have. You cannot say you are the light of the world and then experience some things that we are experiencing currently. Why? Because it is antithetic. Sorry for the grammar. Eh? Antithetic, rather. I have to use that one first, then I will break it down for you. It is against his person. It's like light and darkness. And we read earlier, if you are walking or following the Lord Jesus, then you cannot also be in darkness at the same time. The Lord have mercy upon us. Let's bow down our heads and ask the Lord for grace. Shine your light, Lord. Shine your light. You said the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot understand it. Every darkness in my life, every darkness in the lives of, I mean, just name the situation. Every circumstance of darkness that connotes darkness. Shine your light, Lord. Shine your light. The light of your presence. The light of your provision. The light of your preservation. The light of your deliverance. The light of your salvation. The light of rest. Shine, Lord. Shine. Shine. And dispel every darkness. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. 
because you have caused light to shine in this place this morning. And faith has a reason to that level that we might collaborate with you to do what you want to do here on earth. Through our lives, in our lives, in our communities, in our nation, to the glory of your name and for the extension of your kingdom. All glory be unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.